Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. Labor atayada lava. Today, I want to speak on a very interesting topic: faith or motives. Faith or motives, and what I'm going to address is interesting. Um, faith or motives. Why do you want to move the mountain? Why do you want to move the mountain? Why do you want to move the mountain? Maybe you ask your neighbor, why do you want to move the mountain? <laughs> faith, faith, uh, faith move mountains, faith move mountains. And I'll be telling you today, uh, I'll bust your bubble. Faith doesn't really move mountains. And if you listen to me further, and you understand why I said that. But the question I'm speaking on, faith or motives. Why do you want to move the mountain? Why do you want to move the mountain? Matthew chapter 17, I think. And I know I'm jumping ahead of myself, but I just want to flow. Um, I think it's Matthew 17, yeah, verse 14 to 20. Why do you want to move the mountain? That is that is what I'm speaking on today. Why do you want to move the mountain? In our Christian walk, we have heard many times, faith, faith will move the mountain, faith will move the mountain. Yeah, and I'll be explaining that, yeah, it's true, that concept is true. But is it faith we are dealing with or is it a motive? And why do you really want to move that mountain? So a group of um, disciples, apostles, that had been with Jesus and had seen the things that Jesus did, they were there and a man brought his sick son to, to Jesus. And Jesus was not around. So he asked them to heal the boy. And they prayed, Oh Lord, I'm sure they prayed. Go now, go now, break now, fire now, go now, here now. <laughs> and nothing was happening. So the, the man that brought the boy was a bit frustrated. And then he he, in his frustration, Jesus appeared. And when Jesus got there, he had a complaint. He just went, uh, Matthew 17, verse number 15, he just went and said that, Lord, I brought, I brought um, my son for your disciples to heal because he has a problem. But they could not. They could not. So look at the verse number 15. Thank you so much. Uh, you can use like the NIV version if you have that. He said, Lord, I brought I brought my my son. 
Verse 9. Thank you so much. So the man approached Jesus and knelt before him and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures. He has seizures and he's suffering greatly. He often falls. I brought him, he had a complaint. And I believe many people in our churches today have complaints about how pastors, about how our churches have been unable to heal the sick, have been unable to deliver the oppressed, have been unable, many, many people, many people, many people are wondering how, like this man, why have we not been able to, to, to kind of, why have we not been able to heal? Why have we not been able to heal? Why have we not been able to help our people? Then, then Jesus said something that I want you to really look at. Jesus said, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long will I be doing these things for you? Because you have to do them. Bring the boy. Jesus rebuked the demon. That's another sermon altogether. And the boy was healed at the moment. All right. Then the disciples went in private. I have a question for you. Why did they go in private? Why did they ask this question in private? Why not at that moment when the, 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 the person was there? In medicine, when we do our clinical rotations, we do it on the patient. I mean, you try something on this person that did not work, your boss does it and it works, and you don't say anything. You wait for everybody to go, and you go back to the boss and like, tell the boss, how did you do this? Wrong motives. <laughs> Wrong motives. Because... Asking him at that point would have been the best thing. But no, 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 they waited. And then Jesus said something to them. He said, because you have so little faith. So we are looking about something like size. And then Jesus sort of says something that's a bit contradictory. Because he was saying they had little faith. And then he goes on to say, if you have faith like um, as small as a mustard seed so so what what are we talking about was it the size of their faith was or was it the type of their faith or was it the kind of their faith you understand because he's saying that you couldn't do this because you are little faith that's what the translation tells us but i presume it wasn't the size of their faith because the next thing he says is that even if your faith is so small as a master seed so it was not really that they had little faith because here he's saying that even here we have the the minutest faith and it is the right kind of faith then you can say to this mountain be removed from here and move there so it was more of the type of faith they had rather than the size of their faith and many times we, we, we make people feel like you don't have enough faith. It is not about having enough faith. It is about having the right type of faith. Faith does not move mountains. God moves mountains. Hallelujah. 
Faith doesn't move mountains. Faith doesn't move mountains. If faith moves mountains, why do we have so many issues now? It is the right kind of faith when, and I'm going to be teaching you now, when it aligns with the purpose of God, then God will move that mountain. So faith in itself does not move mountain. Faith in itself is, faith is not, it's not visible till it's complete. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 1. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 1. And I believe that you'll be so blessed uh, today. Hebrews 11, uh, I'm going to read verse number 1 and um, uh, 2 to 3. And then I will take it from there. Hebrews chapter 11. Thank you so much. Look at that. Look at that. It says what? Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for. An assurance about what we do not see. God is going to bless you tonight. Let me just get well into it. This is what the ancients were commended for. Then he goes on to talk about this faith. And says that by faith we even understand that the universe was formed. So he's trying to say that God even utilized this concept. And this concept is able to bring things that are unseen that we think of can bring them into manifestation. So the confidence you have, you have a certain hope to see something. I want to see that mountain move. I want to see that problem solved. I want to see this next dimension. And faith cannot, faith is not it's not birthed until it's complete. So if you see that, then you have realized faith. And he's telling us that God even used this concept to call for the world into being. And before you feel intimidated that it's only God that could do it, he goes on to tell you he starts with God and then he ends with men, human beings, men and women. He speaks about Abel. You see, faith is like a 3D printer. When it's complete, something that you have in mind can come to birth. Something that you have in mind, great ideas, great ideas, things unseen can come. Look at that. Look at that. Look at, he starts with Abel. He says, by this same concept, Abel was able to bring a better offering. By this same concept, Enoch was able to live in a certain way. By this same concept, Abraham was able to live in a certain way. So he's telling us that they all had this faith. Now, what was their hope? What were they hoping to see? What was Abel hoping to see that made him bring the right offering? You see, so faith is, faith is critical. Faith is realized when it is complete. However, the inception, the beginning of faith cannot be ignored. What are you hoping to see? What do you have confidence in to see? What is that thing that you cannot see now, that you do not have now, that you believe God that it shall come to pass? That when it does happen, then faith has been achieved. But look at Abel. What Abel was looking for was fellowship with God. And that is what caused him to behave the way he did. What Enoch was looking for was intimacy with God, spending time with God that caused Enoch to walk in a certain way that God said, I'm going to help this faith to come to pass. 
Glory to Jesus. Look at Abraham. Go down to the verse number eight. And you will see that. He says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place where he was going to receive as an inheritance, obeyed and he went. And he lived in a promised land like a stranger in a foreign land. Why? For Abraham, we are told what his hope was, what his expectation was. You understand? As for Abraham, we are told. For the many people, we are not told. And for you, I don't even know what your hope is. I don't know what you expected to receive from God. I don't know what, why, why, what is the reason why you want to move that mountain? I want to be the greatest prophet. Why? Why do you want to be that? Why do you want to be the greatest prophet? I want to have the biggest church. Why? Why do you want to move that mountain? I want to be a miracle worker. Why do you want to do that? That is the question. For every faith, there is a story. Abraham had a reason why he chose to live the way he did. It was because, and for Abraham we are told, because Abraham was looking for another city. Abraham was looking to go into a place where God had built himself with his hands. For Abel and for Enoch and the others, we can only deduce that maybe for Abel, it was intimacy in worship. Maybe for Enoch, it was to be with God. So that, this is what we are saying. But for you, for you, I'm saying now, why do you want that thing to happen? Why do you want that mountain to move? Sometimes churches have goals. We have goals. Uh, we want to build a 10,000 seater auditorium. That is a mountain we want to move. Glory to Jesus. But the question is, why do we want to build a 10,000 seater auditorium? Why did they what was the motive? Why do you want to move that mountain? Why do you want to get married at 21? Why do you want that mega church? Why? Why? Abraham had a reason. Enoch had his reason. Abel had his reason. Now listen. So for every kind of faith, there is a story. And whether this hope you have is manifested or not, depends on the motive behind that story for every kind of faith i said there is a story for every kind of faith for every kind of faith and I'm, i told you from matthew 17 it was not the size of their faith it was the type of faith it was a story behind it it was the motivation behind them that is why they could not heal the boy. it was not just the size it wasn't. You can hope to become the greatest preacher. You can hope to start a church. My reason is, why do you want to move that mountain? Why do you want to move this mountain? Because you want to feel good? Because you want to show people that you are there? No. Why do you want to move that mountain? Faith does not move mountains. <laughs> if it did, pastors would not have problems. God moves mountains when, and I'm going to be showing you a secret today, when the hope of our expectation aligns with God's divine plan for our lives and for that season, then God will move mountains. God does not move mountains. Faith does not move mountains. God moves mountains. And God, mountains will move when our expectation, 
our hope of things not seen, the confident assurance that we have when it is in synchrony, when it aligns with God's plan and purpose for our lives. That is when mountains will begin to move. Mountains will not move because you have a desire. My wife was telling me something. She says, people should know that the, the desire to preach is not a calling to preach. You want to, you want to preach, you want to sing, you want to lead, you want to lead prayer, you want to do this. Yeah, but that is that doesn't mean God is calling you to do that. Are you hearing me? So, why do you want the, the, the mountain to move? Faith is realized when those motives, faith is realized when those hopes, those expectations of yours, they align with God's purpose. Then faith becomes a reality. Then your expectations become manifestations. And like a 3D printer, it prints out that dream you had in mind. Abraham had a dream to live in a place. Enoch had a dream to walk with God. So when those things align with divine purpose, God himself moves mountains. Faith, faith in itself will not move mountains if it doesn't align with the purpose of God for your life. It will not. May you receive an assurance tonight. May you receive an expectation tonight. May there be synchrony of your expectations with that of the Holy Spirit for your life in Jesus' name. Look at Jeremiah. I'll show you something wonderful. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse number 11 to 12. I'm saying that faith by itself will not move mountains every expectation you have does it happen every hope you have does it happen and the reason is why do you want to move that mountain if that reason corresponds with god's plan for you in that season that mountain will move i'm telling you jeremiah chapter 1 verse number 11 to 12 then the word of the lord came to jeremiah saying what do you see god is asking the church the same thing today what do you see you are so eager, you want to leave the church, you want to move out of the choir, you want to just go start something on your own. And the reason is, why do you want to move that mountain? I'm asking you. Because you feel you can do better, then that mountain is not going to move. Because you feel that those who are doing it are not doing a good job, then that mountain is not going to move. Why do you want to move the mountain? He said, what do you see, Jeremiah? Jeremiah said, I see an, a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to him, you have seen right. And because you have seen right, I will watch over this word to perform. I will watch over my words to perform. Listen, listen, I really want you to listen to this. Is he watching over what Jeremiah saw to perform? No. Jeremiah's vision of the next dimension, Jeremiah's augury, Jeremiah's prophetic revelation of the next dimension was really not his own expectation. It was God's plan for that season that Jeremiah was able to appropriate for himself. I hope people are going to understand this thing I'm saying. God said to Jeremiah that, are you seeing like I am seeing, Jeremiah? Because I, the Lord, I am seeing an almond tree. I am seeing a branch. And I am going to work according to this purpose. 
but are you jeremiah seeing the same thing and jeremiah says yes i'm seeing that and then the lord says because you are seeing like i am seeing i will hasten it to come to pass i will hasten my word not your selfish hopes and assurances i want you to understand it faith is the confidence of things that we hope for what you are hoping for if 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 god left it just to be anything you are hoping for then you'll be surprised because even right in church the people that sit in church some of the expectations they have some of the expectations people have if god was to answer every one of them <laughs> so many people many people are not realizing faith okay because faith in actual sense listen god did not say to jeremiah i will watch over your expectations or desires but the lord said i will watch over my word to perform i will hasten my word to perform because so in its purest form in its purest form faith is fully formed when we are able to capture the unspoken desires of god the unclosed desire undisclosed desires of god for a specific situation where we can capture that and align with those desires or translate them into our own then once that hope in the unseen thing that hope in the unknown thing is aligned with the plan and the, the purpose of god god himself will move that mountain because you and the lord are seen together i don't know if you understand it because if, if it were just left to your expectations oh you know your expectations you know the expectations of the lady you fought with at church you know the expectations of the guy you disappointed they wish you were dead they wish something happened to you so god will honor him god will not honor him you see sometimes I people stand and just curse people. This will happen to you. This is happening to you. And I, I pray that this happens to you. The expectation, the expectation of that unknown thing, the manifestation of it coming into reality is when it are, is able to align with the purpose of God. Because the Lord said to Jeremiah, what do you see? I am seeing something. God wanted to do something in Israel. And he had put a sign there as an almond branch. And Jeremiah said, I can see the same thing you are seeing. Then God said, I'm going to hasten that. So for Jeremiah, that thing that looks like faith, uh, a hope of something he was seeing, God was going to bring it to pass because it was in synchrony with God. Okay? Look at something. Look at Acts chapter 14. Let me tell you another story. Acts chapter 14, from verse, uh, I'll take from verse 1 to 11. You can open that whole thing. And then, then I hope you are being blessed wherever you are. Thank you all those of you joining online. Uh, keep sharing it. The Lord is with us. Let's keep this and then we'll be praying very soon. Look at this. Look at Acts chapter 14, verse number one. Paul and uh, Barnabas were going through a very difficult time in their ministry. They were preaching in places and people would stare at people to beat them. So they were, they were kind of in some form of persecution where people were stoning them, beating them for sharing the gospel. Now, look at the verse number three. It says that what? So... So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. So, so God, God is having a plan. After today, 
the things that you think of, the things that you hope for, you will do it in the right way that you will be surprised how mountains will move for you. I say you'll be surprised how mountains will move for you. Because mountains cannot just move by your desires. But when those desires, when those expectations, when those hope, when those assurances align with the expectation of God, God will move the mountains for you. Then that is when it looks as if your faith moved the mountain. No, God moved the mountain. God moved the mountain for you. So God had given Paul and Barnabas a certain anointing. And the anointing of Paul and Barnabas was that they will be able to perform signs and wonders. I want you to remember that God had given them that grace. Perform signs and wonders. Even though the people are stoning you, even though they are plotting to kill you, I want you to perform signs and wonders wherever you go. So they got, verse number 8, they got into a place called Lystra. And when they got there, there was a man who had never walked before. A man, not a boy. I want you to remember the boy that they brought to Jesus' disciples. And I want you to remember this case too. This is an adult man, probably in his 30s or 40s, who was born lame in both feet and by now, I'm a medical person, by now he has not used his feet for about 30 years, both limbs. I'm sure they have become very atrophic. His muscles have all become very small. He probably has some difficulty in his joints, stretching out his joints. I don't think that man was having physiotherapy wherever he was. So. His joints were not in a good condition. Are you just opposed the two situations? The boy and this one. And remember Jesus told them, you don't have the right kind of faith. And in other versions, he told them that, I think this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Okay, so we see a man who has a situation that looks worse than the little boy that came, who has seizures, okay? And this man had never walked. But listen to me, and this man, he would have desires to walk, right? Anybody who has a difficulty, a limitation, will always be hoping that something good can happen. So I'm sure this man, it was not the first time in his life when he saw Paul that he hoped he could walk. I'm sure he had hoped he could walk many times. So what happened differently in Lystra? Listen to me, that's what I'm saying. That your, your plans, you, your hopes, your own, that's what I'm saying, faith or motives. Why do you want to move the mountain? That man could have his own desires about wanting to walk for a long time, but it never happened. Not just every desire you have will be, expect, will be realized. No. If you realize some of you, your pastors will be dead. Some of you, your wives will be dead. Some of you, your husbands will even be dead. You see? So God, these things go through a certain filter. <laughs> your expectations go through a certain divine filter. And when they do not align with God's plan, it doesn't matter. That's why nobody can meet you and say you will die in 10 days. Don't worry. They are not the architects of your life. If the thing doesn't align with the plan of God for your life, it will not happen. We are still in Acts. Keep showing the scripture. Chapter 14, verse number 8. In Lystra. In Lystra we saw. So they saw this man. And as Paul was preaching, remember, God had given Paul a certain grace for what? So that in verse 3. So that they could heal signs and wonders could happen. Okay. But that doesn't mean that anybody Paul saw could be healed. No, it didn't happen like that. Okay. Now, this man also had a hope. You can call it faith. But faith is not realized till that hope is manifested. So, this man also had a desire to be healed. Every day he had that desire. It wasn't the first time. So, this time, 
he comes into contact with God who has a plan for that season and God's plan for that season is because of the persecution Paul was going through he had released grace for them to heal people to, to heal the sick to also support the gospel they were preaching so the man when Paul was speaking and then Paul I want, I want you to look at Paul like God and look at the man like Jeremiah and remember what God asked Jeremiah Jeremiah what do you see are you seeing that I am ready to heal people because of what is going on are you seeing that I am ready to support to, to, to the veracity of the gospel by signs and wonders are you seeing that and Jeremiah says I can see that so Paul is looking at the man who is lame and this case is more severe than the boy that came to the disciples and so Paul like God is saying to the man what do you see are you look at me what are you seeing are you just seeing somebody speaking philosophies or somebody who is ready to heal and then the man so Bible says Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed what did Paul mean by that Paul could see that the man was seen like he was seen what do you see and because of that alignment nobody questioned whether Paul had fasted nobody questioned whether Paul had prayed but because of that alignment all he had to do was say stand up that mountain had to move because he was in alignment to God's plan and God's purpose I'm praying for somebody here that you receive an ability to know the mind of the Lord you will know the thoughts of God you will know the plans of God for your life for every season that you are in I pray that you have that revelation there was a time when I didn't have to be in Ghana I knew it by the spirit I knew it strongly I shouldn't be here I just knew it I couldn't explain it to people but I knew it I remember walking to a place I met a friend of mine from Tanzania he was a man of God when he saw me he said hey doc what are you doing here you don't have to be here at this time I said yes I know I'm on my way going I went into another place I met a friend of mine he said man of God you better run away listen the seasons of your life God has a plan for them the reason why you are not seeing a manifestation is because you are building some desires aside the plan of God so you have your plan you have your concept you have your mind and they are not in alignment with God so God is asking you James God is asking you comfort God is asking you all the people online on Facebook God is asking you what do you see in this season of your life now are you seeing what I'm seeing for you because I'm seeing a blessing for you I'm seeing you going through this thing I'm seeing you going through this process but you are seeing that something else and so you and God are loggerheads and mountains cannot move by your desires alone Mount, to move mountains you need God to come into agreement with that hope that you have and if God does not come into agreement with that hope you cannot have that what do you see I'm asking what do you see why are we not seeing healings in our church anymore why are we not seeing miracles in our church anymore why are we not seeing the power of God in our midst anymore the early church saw too many too many miracles the supernatural was like bread and butter in the early church people came into the early church what Jesus entered into a place a woman had been sick and bound for about um, 13 years he said that come on loose her free her 
immediately because that was the heartbeat of God. The heartbeat of God, and it still is. The heartbeat of God is for your deliverance. The heartbeat of God is for you to be taken out of that situation. The heartbeat of God is for you to be free from that thing. But what is your hope also? God wants you in Ghana. You want yourself in Brazil. You God wants you in, 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 in say, London to do something. You want yourself in China because of a certain business deal. God is asking you, like he asked Jeremiah, what do you see? And I'm asking you, what do you see? And why do you want that mountain to move? Why do you want it to move? Why? Acts chapter 8, verse number 9 to 23. I'll be telling you the story, but we'll jump onto the scripture from about verse 15. So Acts chapter 8, from verse 9, going and I continue to teach it. Why do you want the mountain to move? Uh, Lord, I'm trusting you. Lord, I remember, I remember many when I was young. When I was young, I I met some lady, and I know my wife is online, so I, I'm careful. <laughs> I met this lady, and um, I said I was going to pray about her. So I, when I went into prayer that night, the first night, I, I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, give you two weeks, and I'll be coming and praying for, the, for these two weeks uh, for you to answer me whether, you know, this is the person I spend my life with and all that. Then after the first day, there was nothing. The second day, there was nothing. The third day, I was praying. Then the Holy Spirit said to me, you you want, you want, are praying about someone you want to spend your entire life with, and you have given me two weeks to answer you. <laughs> I didn't understand then. But today, I understand better. Listen, if you are at, if you are, if you are not in synchrony with God's plan for your next dimension, your next phase, it doesn't matter what, type of faith you tell me you have. You can go and fast 40 days. You can go and fast 50 days. You can go and look at the disciples. The case that Paul healed was more complex, difficult, complicated than them. They had Jesus by them. They still couldn't do it. But Paul looked at the man. He says, what do you see? Because that man, so if you like read, read the synoptic gospels, read the other one, you see that this man, he, he, they, they asked him, do you believe? He says, help my own belief. He could not see the possibility of that miracle. So there was no synchrony between the, the plan of the Lord and his plan. Look at this. Simon the sorcerer had deceived a group of people for so long that he was a very powerful man, blah, blah, blah. He had, he could, he had the power of God. Everybody believed him. Now, all of a sudden, a young evangelist comes to town. His name is called Philip. And started preaching the gospel and everybody moves from Simon's camp to Philip's camp. So everybody now believes Philip. And the guy also, you know, joins the group. And he sort of says he also believes. And he also gets baptized. But he was lying. He was lying. His motive. Why do you want the mountain to move? I'm asking you. That difficult thing you've been praying about. Why? Why should it move? What is the motive behind it? So they sent Peter and James and John to come and pray for the people. When Peter and John got there, they laid their hands on those who believe. Then immediately the power of God comes upon them. Remember, this was the man that used magic and to, some powers to deceive an entire city. So when he saw that, okay, I think that's um, verse number 18. When Simon saw that the Spirit of God was given at the laying of the apostles' hands, he came and gave them money. Now, is this somebody who has really believed? This guy believed that he was baptized. Baptized. I look at his motive. 
There are many people in church, they are leading praise, they are leading worship, actually even pastors, prophets, evangelists. The motive is wrong, so no mountain is moving. I remember a man of God that knew that my wife and I were trusting God so many years ago for children. And then I told him that, oh, you know, the Lord has blessed us, God has opened the door, you know, my wife has taken seed. And one day I was there, he sent me a text. He said, can you, I'm doing a program about, you know, babies. Can you come and testify that I pray for you? And then your wife had child. And I said, what? You didn't pray for me? When you met me, my wife was already pregnant. I was telling you what God has done. He said, well, I want you to come and share this testimony and let the people know that, I, you know, when you came to me and I prayed for you, then this happened. This is a man of God. This is a prophet. And he has a very big church. I'm telling you, he has a big church. There are a lot of people in his church. And that is the message he sent to me. I am not lying. I got so upset. I said, what? How can you think that? That's the same thing Simon is doing. He said, can you, can you give me this power so that I can also go into ministry and do the same thing you are doing? Oh, I'm trying to learn now. Then Peter rebuked him. But look at the verse 23. I just want to cut it short. Peter said, For I see that you are full of bitterness. Now I'm going to end here and start teaching a little, preach a little bit and we go. You are full of bitterness and you are captive of sin. Why was he bitter? Remember, this was the man that had the city in his grips. He was the only powerful person there, so called. Till Philip came and started preaching the gospel. So he was so bitter that Philip had come and taken, broken his business, taking away his people. That is the bitterness Peter was addressing. And that is why he furtively, quietly joined the group, got baptized as if he was genuine. And then now he saw, oh, if I get this thing, I can kick out Philip from this place. So give me this power. There are many people have seen some young guys, some young boys, young guys with some the gift of, uh, you know, the prophetic gift on them. And hey, their motive is so deadly. It's so dangerous. A couple of them got closer to me. After a while I realized, I was like, no! What, some of them can actually call people, call people. They can give you people's phone numbers, call them and tell them to give, up, give money, bring money. Because you are lying. People are deceiving people. Just like Peter. Just like this prophet called me and said, can you come and testify uh, for that I prayed for you? And that, this, if this is your pastor, this one. And I'm, I'm talking about genuine men of God, not even false prophets. Genuine men of God. Genuine men of God. What do you see? So maybe, maybe we are not seeing like God is seeing. Amos chapter 7 verse 8, don't worry about showing it. The Lord said to Amos, what do you see? Amos said, I see a plumb line. Plumb line. Then the Lord said, you have seen right, I am setting my plumb line among my people in Israel. So God truly, the next phase, God was holding a plumb line, willing to do something. And Amos would tap into God's revelatory knowledge for the next season. And Amos had that as an expectation, as a hope also, that God was going to do this. What is God saying? What is God saying about your next dimension? You are just you are just wasting money on prophets. You are wasting money on prophets. You are, you know, you know I, my wife and I, it took us about I think, five and a half years before we had children. And recently my wife was telling me that she's looking back, she's so thankful that we 
we didn't have children early. We couldn't have children at the time. You could have around that time to, if if you had connected with God, probably you'd have you would have caught the rema that no, this is not the time I want to do this for you. So do this. But because you also have your own plan and expectation, you want to move that mountain. Why do you want to move that mountain? God wants to move that mountain in three years for you. But you want to move that mountain now. Look at Moses. Look at Moses. Simple case. The Lord, Moses had a desire in him. He had a hope to deliver the people of God. He had this fire burning in him. Yet Moses did not align that hope that expectation, that confident assurance, he did not align it through the lens of God. Moses was looking through another lens. God was looking in another lens. And so Moses goes by himself. The first time Moses goes and he's an utter failure. Utter failure. You hear what the people said to him? Who has made you a prince over us? Who has made you our deliverer? That was what Moses was believing he was. And it was rightly so because that fire was burning in him. Yet still, Moses did not, he failed to align that purpose in him with the expectation of God for him, with the plan of God for him. So, do you know, Moses stepped ahead 40 years before God's plan for his life. Moses stepped ahead 40 years. 19, say 19, what year are we in now? 2020 or something. Say 2020. Moses started... You see, an assignment in 2020, but God was waiting at a 2040 timeline. God was standing at 2040, waiting for Moses. Moses had to build himself. Moses has started manifesting great. Many people have gotten into ministry for the wrong reasons. Many people have started churches for the wrong reasons. Many people like Moses, there's the fire in you, but you need to come into agreement. The Lord asked Jeremiah, what do you see? Can you see what I'm seeing? Jeremiah said, I, I can see an almond branch. The Lord said, that's exactly what I'm seeing. So I'm going to hasten my word. The Lord said to Amos, I feel the anointing of God so strongly. God said to Amos, what do you see? He said, I see a plumb line. The Lord said, I have put my plumb line in Israel. I'm going to judge my people. Now I'm asking you, I'm asking the church, I'm asking church leaders, I'm asking so-called bishops, what do you see? Are you seeing through the lens of God? Are you seeing through the lens of your own motives? What do you see? Look at Simon. He wanted the grace of God. Why have you gone to spend 40 days at a chair to pray? I'm asking you. It's a, it's a laudable to you done well. Why are you fasting for 10 days? You've done well. But why, why are you doing that? Because you want some power. You want to display some grace. You won't get it. One I was in a conversation with a group of pastors, and then you were talking about prophets, you know? They're talking about prophets. And then, and then one of them said, but I wonder why all those people with those gifts, when you look at them, there's nothing to write home with them about. I said in my head, you, you will never get this grace. You will never, hey, you will never get it. Because look at his motive. Look at his motive. You, you don't get it. I don't want to digress, but if you want to talk about the giftings of God, you look in our churches, do you see people who are very, very rich? Do you see them with, with the prophetic gift? Do you see them with apostolic gifts? You don't. No, 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 no. <laughs> Simon thought he could use money. These things don't come with money. Oh. They don't come with money. You, they don't come with money. Seldom do you see very, very, you know, let's, let's just preach on. 
She said, you are full of bitterness because Philip had come. What, what, what does the church see you today? Bitterness, rivalry. Uh, we, are not, we are not continuing the legacy of Jesus Christ. Are we continuing the legacy? Are we seeing in the lens of the Lord or we are continuing our own thing? Everybody, people are praying. Everybody is trying to show, show something. Now, by, 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 by technology, you can have a church everywhere. You have... You don't go to your midweek service. You have started a midweek service by, by yourself. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me just go on. James chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. He says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness, born out of wisdom. James 3, 13 to 17. Who is wise? Who is wise? Show that your works are bare by humility that comes from wisdom but if you have bitterness envy selfish ambition in your heart then do not be boastful and do not reject the truth do not deny the truth you see for such wisdom we think you see the bible put it in inverted comments such wisdom does not come from heaven but it is earthly it is unspiritual it is demonic for when you have envy and selfish ambition, then you find disorder and evil power. Listen, many people, that's okay, many people in the Christendom today, even clergy, even pastors, they have their works not done with humility that comes from wisdom. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and I pray that God will open your eyes. I'm okay now. You can take that off. I pray that God will open your eyes. We start churches next to each other. Yes. There's a place I saw somewhere in Ghana, some time ago when I was in Ghana. The same floor. One church here, another church here, and it's not a branch. They are different churches. And they are deafening each other's ears with the sound of their microphones. <laughs> Why do you want to move this mountain? I'm asking you. Why are you showing some kind of wisdom? This wisdom that is birthed in envy and selfish ambition, the Bible says it's not heavenly. It's demonic. It's earthly. It's unspiritual. Yeah? We start churches next to each other. We, 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 why, why, I have a question. Uh, why do you want to build a 10,000-seat auditorium? Why? Why do you want to move that mountain? Why do you want to build a 50,000? Is it we, is it because we have an evangelistic plan that is bringing in 50,000 people? We build temples to take about 30,000 people and we have no evangelistic agenda that is bringing in 30,000 people. But that pastor is going to garnish that as if the Lord told him that. That's why the Bible says every word spoken in the name of the Lord will be judged. As if the Lord told him that. 50,000 just so that selfish ambition personal ambition we have a fifty thousand auditorium and there is no evangelistic agenda to win fifty thousand people so why did we go for the fifty thousand auditorium go all over the place and see people get they, they say it's fake it's fake it's not faith it's personal ambition it's selfish ambition it faith does not move mountains god moves mountains faith is what is faith Faith is only faith when it is complete. So the inception of faith is so critical. However, it is the, the completion of faith that spells faith. Faith, 
faith. I have faith. I have faith. So we are going for this this building. You know very well that your members are ten. You know you don't have an evangelistic plan to bring in ninety people. You know. You know. You know you don't have that evangelistic plan. You know you don't have that capacity. You know you don't. Have, you know you are not even desiring that. But you want to show off. You want to show off. I see a lot of people preaching on Facebook. You are wasting your time. I'm telling you. I've, I've, it's only now I've started preaching on Facebook. I've been in ministry for about 13, 14 years. I pastored the church as a full-time pastor for 13 good years. 13 years. Raised pastors, raised prophets, built lives of people. This is the first time I started preaching on Facebook. I didn't want to. No. People, every you just turn on, then you're coming here. You, you are turned on. You have, you have a lot of things to say. We have this, this. He says, for where there is bitterness, where there is envy, where there is selfish ambition. Do you know, in our churches, a lot of bitterness in our churches. Oh, we, we are wasting our time. We have a lot of bitterness in our churches. A lot of bitterness in our marriages. Envy. Our churches are filled with so much strife. No wonder the mountains are not moving. God will not move them. God will not move them. Christian marriages today are nothing to write home about. You marry the person, you abuse the woman in the name of God. You are abusing somebody's daughter that you took to marry. You took to the altar. We don't even respect the altar anymore. What are we doing? What are we doing? I saw one man of God. He had a wonderful church building. Let me say building. A building, nice building. That building was not full. That building was not like they were running multiple services, no. But he went to build another mega auditorium again. And that day I asked myself, is it because there's an evangelistic agenda to, to receive more people? Is it because we've, they, they've, they've exceeded that capacity that they want another one? Or we want, we want to show something. Because when you show affluence, when you show some kind of life, then people think that God has blessed you. Today, we have relegated the, the, the manifestation of the, of the endorsement of God to prosperity alone. So young people are coming into ministry, their whole mindset is money. Their whole mindset, young people. I met a young man of God, he asked me, ah, but you, your father has preached for about 40 years, why he doesn't have money? That was the first thing he could say. That was the first thing he could say. Why do we want to move that mountain? Look at our marriages. Look, enter a church and see. It's as if it's an infirmary. It's as if it is a, it is a hospital ward with no resources. With no resources to help the people. The sick, the sick today, sick people. I'm saying our churches today, they, 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 they are no different from organizations. They are not different. You, you disrespect a woman. You abuse. Christian women are suffering. You abuse that woman. You abuse that marriage. You abuse all. Of, you still want to stand on the altar. Sometimes you can even be a pastor. And the same for the women. Can abuse that man. And then you finish on Sunday. Then you polish your face. And you go and sing. And you can even prophesy. You are joking. You, know? you are joking. We are a bunch of jokers. You are just wasting your time. <laughs> The Lord, the Lord, the Lord is not telling you anything. This is you. This is personal ambition. If God has been talking, where is the evidence? Why is the mountain not moving? The Lord is telling me. The Lord is telling me. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you and your husband last night, it was not an easy story. 
and you are coming to church to what to manifest the lord is telling me the lord is telling me the lord is not telling you anything nothing you can't honor your wife you can't honor your husband you can't honor your parents you come and prophesy and speak in tongues the poor are in our midst eh? the poor are in our midst we are not continuing the legacy of jesus christ no that is why he told the people how long will i stay with you i need you to come into alignment with the purpose of god and it is that that boy be made whole that boy that came be healed that blind be healed that lame walk but no you 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 want to move that mountain for another reason a young man came to me and said daddy that's why i don't like people calling me daddy i think so far it's, it's morris morris that i can say my son i don't like saying that son son daughter no no i don't like that we have one father is god and papa 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 you and papa your papa has endorsed your separation from your wife and you call yourself a man of god you go yourself a man of god go read the bible go read the bible for how long will i stay with you you perverse generation you don't have the right kind of faith faith does not move mountains god moves the mountain but i have a question for you why do you want to move that mountain anyway james chapter 3 verse 14 to 15 what we're reading he says we deny the truth and we show a form of wisdom and that wisdom is false and that wisdom is demonic envy has filled our veins like blood bitterness is clogging our blood vessels like cholesterol plagues the church leaders members alike to the brim everybody is selfish today <laughs> the banner of christ flies low in our midst the banner of christ flies low in our midst when you look at if you just have a cursory view of churches today you can't tell whether they, they are propagating the legacy of jesus christ or they are actually initiating the legacies of men and women who did not die for us the pastor did not die for you pastors exercise so much control over people you have to preach the word teach them the word and go and go there is no, nothing there is nothing pastors can break away from ministries so painful people can tear away ministries me, even me a young preacher i've been in ministry i've had food i've been in ministry longer but full-time ministry with my church has been about 12 to 13 years i have had how many pastors one two three i think about three or four pastors walk away and none of them could still tell me today 12 years later tell me the reason why they left and, and if you push them if you push them the answer they will get is the lord is telling me the lord is not telling you oh, kuro, 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 kuro. the lord is not telling you the lord is not saying anything god is not the author of confusion god is not the author of confusion today these people break away from churches well were we not in in accra ghana when a very powerful prayer movement was broken away by one of the the prophets and because this one has money it's, it's cool they can settle it yeah if it's another person they will be cursing the person yes if it's another person they'll be cursing the person selfish ambitions philippians chapter 2 verse 19 to 24 now not many people know where i am so i can you you can't even find me in a crowd to come and do anything philippians chapter 2 verse 19 to 24 listen to what paul is saying now be closing very soon 
He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I may be cheered up when I receive news about you. For I have no one else like him, oh, who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interest, not the interest of Jesus Christ. I beg your pardon. Look at that. That's okay. When Paul was trying to send these people, when Paul was trying to send somebody to this church in Philippi, there were many ministers there, thank you. There were many people there. He said that, that all the ministers I have, I can't find anybody who has genuine interest in the world for people. I am telling you, a pastor, a prophet called me that I should come and testify that he prayed for me to have children. Meanwhile, he, he had no idea how my father had prayed, how the church had prayed, how we ourselves have begged God. He had no idea. He says, come and do so that they will see that. Look, look at that. Then they will see what. Why do you want? Why are you hosting that program? I'm talking even to the young people. Today is very easy. Everybody wants to start a movement. Everybody wants to start a movement. So you are in one church. Eh? You are in one church. You are in one church and there are about 10 people there with their own ministries. One thing I have never liked and I know everybody has their own opinion. One thing I've never liked is this thing like Ohinaba Bwedum Ministries, Josiah Viney Ministries, Ethel Bwedum Ministries, Jackie Aspia Ministries, Mark Aspia Ministries. So we are in one church. <laughs> we are in one church. And aside the different investments of the church and the burden on the church to continue the legacy of Christ, we have about 10 to 15 individual members who are not committed to the cause of this movement who have also, by the teachings and the grooming the church have given them, started their own ministries with that portfolio. They don't even register anything. Now you can just get a graphic designer, put your face on a poster and just add ministries to your, your name. I, I, I see one of my, my, my friends, uh, pastors uh, watching. So like Gloria, Pastor Gloria, don't worry, I'm just using as an example. So like Gloria, Akono Ministries. Yes, BT State Ministries. This, this ministries. I've never liked that. I've never liked that. I've been to a church to minister for them. Whilst I was ministering in the church, there was one pastor there who was advertising his camp meeting. There was another pastor in that same church who was advertising his prayer marathon in the same church. I look at that senior pastor, I felt sorry for him. I felt sorry for him. Paul said, I couldn't find anybody who has a genuine interest. And the, the reason why they are doing that is not even genuine. That's why I'm asking, why do you want to move this mountain? Why do you want to move it? You want to move this mountain because of what? Because of what? Those of you on Facebook, I want you to share. I see about 28 to 30 people on Facebook. Please share the message, okay? I don't like saying that thing, but you share it. Say because truth, truth doesn't go well. The people will not accept truth. You say it. it's not in the Coco movie or some account drama, then that way you share people share the gospel. Why do you want? Why do you want? Why do you want? Every one of the 18 people, 28 people of Facebook, just share it. Look at that. He says, for, for everyone is minding their own business. Everybody is doing what they want. A lot of ministers. A lot of ministers. Why do you want that? 
Why do we wonder? Look at the ministries. I'm telling you, it's like Jesus had 12, 12 apostles with him, right? So like Jesus, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. Then Peter, Peter ministries, Peter ministries, then uh, John ministries. You are in the same church, the same church. Uh, I'm telling the truth. The truth is very difficult, but I'm going to say it. Today, this ministry, A ministry, B ministry, C ministry, God has not called you. Even the pastor God called you, you are not supported. You are in the church, you are trying to break down the church, and you have started taking people to pray uh, uh, at the park because you also feel that after you have sat under the pastor and he has groomed you, today you are also, go ahead. I said, go ahead. You will not move any mountain. You will move any mountain. He says, if you have faith like a master seed, this mountain will move. Faith doesn't move mountains. God moves mountains. And when your desire is aligned with the purpose of God, the mountain will move. But this desire, so Jesus Christ, you just take Jesus and his disciples. Jesus and his disciples, okay? Jesus says we are going to Galilee. Peter is organizing a, a meeting on the sea. So Peter Ministries International. John, John Ministries International, they are meeting by the seashore. Then Thomas, uh, Thomas, uh, Thomas Ministries International, he's holding a seminar about how to tackle doubts in your local church. And he's showing 101 ways to act when you cannot trust your pastor. For Thomas, he's organizing a seminar. Then the sons of Zebedee are holding a three-day fire conference. Three-day fire conference on how to bring fire down to burn people in the church. So, so Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, who has 12 people supposed to help him, the other 12 people have started ministries. Control yourself. What is in you? Control yourself. Control yourself. The father, your eyes can see into the spirit. The father, you can prophesy. The father, you can sing. I, I have always preached with this scripture. You, John chapter 1, verse 40 downwards. When, when, when Philip went to call Nathaniel, he said, Come, for we have seen he who the prophet spoke about and Moses wrote about. Nathaniel told, Nathaniel told Philip that what good thing can come out of Nazareth. He despised the, 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 the prophets and the scriptures. He described, he despised it. He said, what good thing? The things that the law that Moses had written about, he despised it. He said, what good thing can come out of Nazareth? What good thing can come out? Even when they were quoting the law to him. Then when he got closer to Jesus, Jesus stood up and prophesied to him and said, Nathaniel, a Jew in whom there is no God. He said, how do you know me? Listen, somebody who despised the law, somebody who despised the written word of God, somebody who despised the logos. Today he meets a prophet and Jesus says to him that, oh, I know you because before Philip called you, when you were sitting under that sycamore tree, I saw you immediately, immediately the guy who would dare look at Philip and tell him away with the written law of the word of God. He knelt down and said, master, rabbi, you are a man of God. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. The same person who when they told him that we have seen what the Bible wrote about, he said what good thing can come out of the writings of the Bible. But when he met the same man the Bible had written about, and the man, if Jesus did not speak to Nathaniel with the prophetic, Nathaniel would have walked past Jesus. He would never have been counted upon among the apostles. I'm telling you. That is what the church has come today to. Jesus Christ, do you know what Jesus did? Jesus Christ looked at Nathaniel and said that 
He redirected. If I preach this message in Nungwa, he redirected Nathaniel's attention away from the prophetic. Nathaniel was so drawn to the prophetic word that Jesus said, I saw you before Philip called you when you were sitting under that sycamore tree. He said, but that, are you surprised? Are you believing that I told you this? He says, don't worry, for I tell you greater things than these are you about to see. For the Son of God is you are going to see the Son of God lifted. You see, that is it. Then Nathaniel declared, John 1 49. Then Nathaniel declared and said, Rabbi, you are a son of God. The one who didn't believe is now calling the, the, the one who they wrote about, Rabbi, you are the king of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under victory. Our church is full of Nathaniels. Believe him because somebody called your name. Your pastor has been teaching you God's word for 20 years. You still don't believe him. You still don't believe a word he says. You have an issue, you will run away to a young boy prophet who has no general overseer. You are playing with fire. You are playing with fire. He said, because I told you this, nevertheless, you will see the Son of God. You will see the Son of God lifted up. You will see the Son of God. You can show that scripture again. You will see the Son of God lifted up. Jesus redirected Nathaniel's attention from the prophetic gift into the glorified Christ. I, I hope you understand me. Because this was Jesus in human form. And he still didn't let Nathaniel become attached to him. He said, I tell you, you will see greater things than me telling you your name and telling you you are under a tree. For you will see the heavens open and you will see angels ascending and descending. On the, he was showing him the glorified Jesus. Our gifts will attract people who don't even believe. But we should remember we are not building a legacy for ourselves. And that is the shame of many churches today. I'm done. We, you, you, we are not building a legacy for ourselves, but we are continuing with the legacy of Jesus Christ. And so we have to redirect them to the glorified Jesus, whom the heavens open for, whom the heavens open for, and the Son of God and the angels arise and descend on him. He's the one we should direct them to. Look at our churches today. A ministries, B ministries, C ministries, D ministries. They don't, you, you, if, you are, if you're a pastor, you have those people in your church, you are, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. Everybody. Everybody can start a ministry. Why? Why? This is so sacred. Why? Why? Like Simon, I want to do this. I also want this power. Why do you want it? Simon was in bitterness. That is why he was looking for this power. I don't know what your reason is for looking at this power. And that's why the scripture I read from James 3 says that that wisdom that we so are seeking is not from heaven. James 3, 17, he says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first pure glory to Jesus. That wisdom that comes from heaven is pure. It is peace-loving. It is considerate. Hallelujah. That wisdom that comes from heaven is full of mercy, is submissive, is impartial, is sincere. Go to the next chapter and see something. Go to the next chapter and see something. So in the first four, he says that, what do you think is the reason for all this fighting and all these quarrels among you? Don't you think they are coming from those selfish desires that you think they are wisdom? You desire to have, but you don't get. So you kill to have. You kill to have. 
You are killing to have today. Many other people are killing to have today. Let me get some music going in the back and let's start to pray. He says, you deserve to have. I'm asking you, why do you, why do you want them to transfer you to be the head of that church? Why? Why? Why do you want to move that mountain so badly? Why do you want to move? Why? He says, you are coveting. Big churches can actually take the, the most gifted singer in a small church, they will take them away. The whole thing is gone bad now. Nothing, we are not continuing the legacy of Christ anymore. It's a legacy of men. And legacy, and they are deceiving people. It says you convert. When you ask, you do not receive. Tell me where the miracles are. In my small life, I have seen more miracles than some maybe a whole church has even seen somewhere because that hope that they have that faith is unyielding it's unyielding it says that when you ask you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives james 4 verse 3 you ask with wrong motives so that you spend it on your pleasure you spend why i'm asking you why did why why did you go to Achia? i'm asking you why did you go to Atria? Why have you gone to Atria? That's what I'm asking. So that you get anointed. For what? What, what is the motive? You see, you are, asking, you are asking for what? A wrong motive. You are asking for a wrong motive. A wrong motive. To spend it on your pleasure. You are God trust people. You don't know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. I'm done now. Thank you. So we are going to pray. What do you see? What do you see? I'm asking you today as I bring this message to an end for us to pray. What do you see? The church is too small. We need a big one. We need a 30,000 sister church. And there is no evangelistic plan that is bringing in even 5,000 people. And so very soon, eh, if we are not careful, joining a church will mean signing a, a bond of debt. Because by this ambitions of these pastors some of these pastors some of them not everybody by this ambition of some of these pastors they, they take on so huge things that god has not ordered that the moment you get into church every day they are taking offering we need people to give us about four people to give us five thousand dollars we need about three people to give us three thousand dollars because god did not authorize you getting that building because you don't even have an evangelistic plan to fill that building and by your personal ambition you have gone in for this grandiose building and now god's people who have come to receive from god they don't have peace because the moment they sit there the prophet say we need about three thousand three four people to give us five thousand because we have to pay our bills did god tell you to get that building you are better off with five people in a garage and being assured of the presence of god and not drawing them into perpetual debt than following your ambitions to build a mega church and now every day you are on the people you don't sow you don't give you don't sow how will you be blessed god will bless them god will bless them oh god will bless them ah are you ready to pray now i am afraid because if we are not careful very soon joining ch some churches will mean you are signing a bond for poverty because not a sunday will go past that they will demand you to give so much money and it is that is why we are not even seeing the benefits of sowing and reaping 
we are making the Bible a liar. We are making God a liar. We are making faith seem not to be true. We are making the principles of seed sowing and harvest not true. Yet it is true. Why? Because the motives, the motives of people, these men of God, the motives of some members, the motives of some leaders is so wrong. They want to move the mountains for wrong reasons. Ah, begin to thank God wherever you are. What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? Jesus. Jesus, what do you see? Iman. What do you see? Are you seeing like God is seeing? Are you seeing like God is seeing? Are you seeing through the lens of God? Are you seeing through the lens of God? Yeah, that marriage could be delaying, but maybe it is God's perfect plan. And you are you are giving money to a certain prophet to break to break that thing for you. It's not breaking, it's not a mountain you can move. It's God that is stopping. I saw a certain a certain man shoot the wife in the US. Ghanaian. I said, ah, I'm sure this lady, God might have stopped there during the process. God might have given her signs. But she didn't listen. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? What are you seeing? You're excited about a certain prophet who can tell you everything about you like Nathaniel. Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you, you see greater things than this. What do you see? Twelve people with Jesus. None of them had their own agenda. Yet today, our churches are filled with people who have started ministries in the churches. Sister A Ministries, Brother B Ministries, Sister C Ministries, Pastor is looking for workers, People are also doing their own thing. Moses was praying. His hands were weak. The ministers came and held his hands and started praying. Today's church, they would have said to him, my brother, if you are tired, sit down. We can also pray. Aaron and Hare would have just gone, oh, we can also pray. Let's pray. God will not hear you. That mountain is not moving because that motive is wrong. Why do you want to move that mountain? What are you seeing? Are you seeing like God is seeing? Are you seeing like God is seeing? See like God is seeing. See like God is seeing. Begin to pray. Whatever you are, that your eyes will see through the lens of God for your life. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Listen. Listen. God may be holding you back. It's not the spirit of delay. Oh, it's not the spirit of delay. It's not the spirit of delay every time. God, God could be the one holding you back. God could be the one holding you back because he has a plan. Because he has a plan. And you and that prophet are trying to twist the hand of God. You can twist the hand and then you say, it's okay, go. It's okay, go. Are you with me? Begin to pray wherever you are that God help me to see through your lens. May I see through the eyes of God. May I see through the eyes of God. Begin to pray. So Asa tala babale bele bea, 
I see about many people, about 28 people on Facebook. Please share it. Share what we are preaching. That one, you are shy to say it. You are very shy to say, share it. All 28 of you, share it. And let somebody will listen. At least one person will listen. Share it. Yes. 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 Gloria Chrono Ministries, yes. Kessie Milonia Ministries, yes. Uh, Gifted Ministries, yes. Nothing. Nothing. Genuine pastors are struggling. You see, Jeremiah, what do you see? God is asking you. God is asking you. In Lystra, Acts 14, Paul looked at the man and when he realized they were seen through the same lens. Paul and the man who was lame at Lystra were seen through the same lens. The, the mountain will move. Oh, you won't fast three days for the mountain to move. I said the mountain will 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 move. Oh, you have to bring some money. <laughs> One man of government, we said, bring $5,000 and we want to bring some things and help you. You know, your father has done one, but you can also do your own thing and you want to bring some money and we want to listen to me. No money. No money. Acts chapter 8. What Peter told Simon, no money can buy grace. Hey, Africa, my God. Oh, Rabasa, pray, pray, pray now. Pray, pray, pray. Begin to pray. Unmute yourself and pray. Let's pray. Come on, pray. That we will see through the lens of God. That's the prayer we are praying for today. Pray, pray, pray. May I see through the lens. The same lens. Come on, come on. I hear a voice I cannot ignore. I hear a voice I cannot ignore. I hear a voice I cannot ignore. He says, Why is my church lying in bed with prostitutes? Why is the church lying in bed with prostitutes? Why do they profane my name among my people? Why do they profane my name among my people? I hear a voice I cannot ignore. I hear a voice screaming in my ear. Why are they profaning my name among the people? Why? Why? Why is the church doing that? Why? Why are you bringing just anybody into that ministry? Why are you just bringing anybody to spoil the work of the Lord? 
Why are you bringing people? You know, you know the man you brought is not genuine. You know, you know that he's duping people. You know he's taking money. You know, why do you sit with them in the same office to abuse my people? Surely the lion will roar. Surely the lion will roar. Pray, pray. May we see through your eyes, oh God. Pray, pray. Unmute yourself and pray. Sulavalevi kuda gaspa. Leba akatolia dalabase. Ema sebegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedegedeged
Amidas of a prayer, this is the last prayer. So Talagadagada, Made, Bede, Bede, God came to Abraham and said, your descendants will be in bondage for a certain number of years. You have to see. When the time was coming up, some time ago in Jeremiah, I think in Jeremiah 33, the prophet started telling the people, you are about to be free, you are about to be free, you are about to be free. You are about to be free. Then the Lord said to Jeremiah to go and tell them that they should eat, they should buy lands because they are going to stay here, they should have children here because the time is not yet up. I want us to see through the lens of God. This is the last prayer. You want to pray that Lord, may I see. Probably next week, next Thursday we'll be praying and then on Sunday, probably I'll continue to teach about seeing through the lens of God that you will look through this. That is the true prophetic word. That is the true prophet. Pray that you will see through the eyes of God. Come on, pray. This is the last prayer in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Come on. Tatalaba Sheberebe Masokotoriade Rakatayagado i feel so excited about the revelations that i have i have received from god today as i was preparing it uh, uh lady pastor stella was on the phone we had a video call and she she was looking at me she was doing her hair i was just working on my sermon then because i was always studying somewhere and then she said why are you smiling and i said I, I understood i got a revelation from god i understood this thing better glory to jesus pray pray right now wherever you are that true faith in its purest form is actually not a man's expectation it is god's plan god's undisclosed plan for that man that the man is able to pick up the man or woman is able to pick up through the lens of god i wish somebody could write that down that's so powerful come on come on yes <laughs> Yeah. Let's pray and thank him. I only respect your time. Just pray and thank him. Hallelujah. Just pray and thank him. Come on, pray and thank him wherever you are. Yes, thank him wherever you are. Thank you for your revelations. Rashka May we not live here without that grace to be in synchrony with your plan. May we not live here 
without that grace to be able to see through the lens of God. What do you see? Lord, when you ask us that question, like Jeremiah, like Amos, may we see what the Lord is seeing. Because we are looking through the eyes of God, the lens of God. I pray for everybody online. I pray for those on Facebook. I pray for those on Zoom. I ask that that, that gift we can live here with today is that ability to see through the eyes of God, to see through the lens of God. And that faith becomes complete when we are in synchrony with this vision of God for our lives. And then mountains will move for us in Jesus' mighty name. Continue to grant us revelation concerning your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you all. I see so many people. I see a lot of people on Facebook. I see a lot of people here on Zoom. God bless you for taking the time to, to join us. Um, God bless all of you. I cannot call all your names, but I just want to thank all of you for, uh, for joining. And the Lord keep you. Uh, the Lord bless you. Yes. Uh, yes, that's Prophet Graham. God bless you. God bless you, dear Sister Jill from the U.S. God bless you for Mama Esther. A lot of people I see. Apostle Emmanuel Obey uh, from Vista. Man, a wonderful man of God. True, genuine man of God. Mr. Premper, you know, Mamiya, Jackie, 